right. Well, here's the um, here's the the headline: What to do about China? And in this article that I've taken time to read, some believe that it's 1937 again, meaning that the whole world can sense there's tension, there are problems. And I'm not talking about Russia and Ukraine. I'm talking about China bristling up, trying to tell the world what's going to happen and how they're going to do things. Australia saying no, America saying no, Japan saying no, and they don't care. Of course, 1937 turned out a lot worse than we ever imagined within a few years. Gordon Chang joining me, Gordon G. Chang. You can find him on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Gordon, good to have you back, as always. Thank you so much, Steve. So, 1937. I mean, to say that's an ominous comparison would be an understatement, wouldn't it? Yes, and that speech that I gave, which gave rise to that article, was October of last year. So I think we can say right now that it's 1939. Um, when we have seen what has happened in Ukraine, um, that is very similar to what occurred in 1939 in Europe. Uh, but this really is an exceedingly dangerous period. No matter what year you say we correspond to, it is a point where this looks like a disaster, one right after the other. We've really passed an historic transition period going from general calm to one of constant turbulence. So what do we do about China? What can we? Because we've got a leader in the White House who's no leader at all. Uh, we've got um, weakness. And you know what weakness leads to? It leads to war, correct? It, well, it certainly does, and it already has. You know, uh, Biden had excellent intelligence on what the Russians were going to do with regard to Ukraine. And yet, even though the United States is far more powerful than Russia, um, we failed to deter. And it gets even worse than that, Steve, because it was not just the U.S. opposing Russia. It was the 27 nations of the European Union and Great Britain. When you total up the economies of all those countries, it was greater than 25 times that of Russia last year. And yet we still failed to stop the Russians from doing, even though we knew what we were going to, what they were going to do. So really what it shows is, I think, the greatest failure of deterrence since World War II. This is on President Biden's watch. And now we have got a situation where it's going to be extremely difficult to reestablish deterrence. And reestablishing deterrence when something like this happens is one of the most dangerous exercises ever. That means there are no safe paths for us going forward from this time. So no matter what we do, we're headed for a violent entanglement. That's what you're saying. Yes, there are no safe options. And, you know, so right now... It is not meaningful to say, well, you know, we can't do this or we can't do that because it's risky, because everything is risky. And the path that has gotten here is perhaps the most risky of all, which means we are going to have to do things that once were thought to be unimaginable. Um, and if we don't do them, then things are going to erode even further, because it's not just Russia and Ukraine. It's China and India, China, Taiwan, China, Japan, China, Japan. Philippines, who knows what it's going to be. But it's Russia and China together with their proxies, Iran and North Korea, which, by the way, they're making nuke threats, uh, unprovoked threats to use their most destructive weapons. I don't see how this gets any more scary. Yeah, and, and, and who are you refer to, Russia or North Korea, uh, you know, that well, are you know, threatening to use nukes? 
Well, it was Russia. Uh, Putin started doing that just before he invaded Ukraine. China did that in March, threatening the worst consequences for anybody that helped Taiwan. Just a few days ago, North Korea actually talked in public about its weapons of mass destruction as being not just for deterrence, but also for offensive use. Yeah. So, you know, when the, they, when the North Koreans talk about using their nukes for offensive use, you know we're in trouble. Do you believe that they have functioning nuclear weapons today in North Korea? Yes, they do. Um, they may not be able to load them onto an intercontinental ballistic missile yet, but they could drop a, a, a one of their bombs on South Korea. And it's only a matter of time before they're able to take one of their nukes and put it on one of their missiles. We know their missiles can reach any part of the U.S., Steve. Um, we just don't know if they can make the weapon to the missile. But they'll be able to do that pretty soon because, remember, they're getting help from the Chinese. The North Koreans tested a hypersonic glide vehicle recently. They didn't do that on their own. They got help from somebody, and their uh, hypersonic glide vehicle looks exactly like, guess who's? China's. Remarkable, isn't it? Uh, but again, China doesn't care about North Korea or, well, anybody, frankly. Is that fair? To, I mean, they don't. They care about China. End of discussion, correct? Yeah, and it's worse than that. They're willing to kill anybody, um, and which they've done. Um, they took decisions to deliberately spread the coronavirus beyond China's borders. So we're talking 6.2, 6.3 million people killed outside China. Um, and this was murder. And that includes about 994,000 Americans, Steve. So um, we haven't uh, held China accountable for that. Um, we got a president who is determined not to ask China about it. And that means we've got a president who is not uh, defending us. Who we have a president who's not engaged. I mean, we, 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 let's just be honest. Uh, we, we, we have a president who's, we, we don't even know if he's all there. Gordon, I, I wish we could talk more as always. Um, it's always good. Always educational, sir. Thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you so much, Steve. There you have it. Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. At Gordon G. Chang, check it out and follow him. Has better insights and understanding of what's going on with China than anyone else I've ever spoken to. So keep an eye on that. And if you're in Michigan, you should be a member of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce if you're a business owner, that's for sure. MIChamber.com. A lot of great programs coming up in the near future. You've heard about them here on the program. To find out more, go to MIChamber.com. MIChamber.com. And become a member of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. I'm going to take a break and be back right here on The Steve Gruber Show. Chamber. Over the past year, we've experienced incredible uncertainty. Businesses across the state have been shut down. Unemployment skyrocketed, and Michiganders have been left wondering, what's next? And throughout this turmoil, your Michigan Chamber has been fighting for you to protect lives and livelihoods. We know that we're all in this together. Michiganders are strong and resilient, and we know that working together, we can bring Michigan back. To learn more about the Michigan Chamber and how to become a member, visit michamber.com. The pandemic has made it clear. If you're overweight, have diabetes or high blood pressure, you are at risk. MyPureHealth Solutions wants you to get healthy. If you've been thinking about losing weight, there's no better time than right now. With MyPureHealth Solutions, you can do it all from the privacy of your own home. 
My Pure Health Solutions will build a custom plan just for you to lose weight, lower your blood pressure, and even boost your immune system. If you're ready to take control of your weight and your health, today is the day. Go to GruberHealth.com. GruberHealth.com. 